0: has away
1: with a
0: the horse win the From
1: the RSN 927 vault. With the first group one of the Festival of Racing around the corner of the CF4 stakes, it's time to open up the vault. And the legend of the CF4 stakes in the late 80s and 90s was Vaux Rogue winning three in a row. Have a listen to how he did it the first two times. Vic Rail's got this horse fit. Vorogues Rogue's now six in front of King Phoenix, running up the second with Groucho and then Military Plume.
0: Vaux Rogue's won by five lengths to King Phoenix. Impose finishing well. Vaux Rogue still nicely clear from Super Impose, taking a little bit of ground off him. But hands and heels, the Queensland champ too good. Vaux Rogue wins it a length and a quarter.
1: And he's beating some of the champions of the turf as well. He was a hero horse for me. And the man who partnered Vo Rogue in all three of his four wins, 22 of his 26 career wins, is a legend himself, Cyril Small, who's still riding winners, uh, even yesterday at the age of 63. Uh, good morning, Cyril. How are you?
0: Yeah, very good. Thank you very much.
1: That bring back some memories, listening to those uh, pieces of audio? Oh, it certainly does, yeah. I know we've spoken before, but what was the build-up for you when you were legged aboard a horse like Vairo that was such the people's horse? And I think he started four to one on in his 2nd CFO CF4 victory. There, did you feel the pressure?
0: No, not really. Not, not riding him, he was. I always knew that he he would give his best as long as the track was okay, and and uh, yeah, he, he. I'd never had much pressure on me really, riding him.
1: And was it just the simple case of just letting him run? Did you did you count in your head? We know jockeys want to do sectionals and make sure they don't go too fast. What was your method on on the Vaux when he was high-balling?
0: Well, early early times, like in 80, uh, 87, 88, and eight, well, a bit into 89 too, he, he used to just race, over-race a little bit, but it was just a matter of trying to get him to relax. But leading up to his first... Uh, all win, where well, he had a, uh, he won the William Reed which was, which surprised me a little bit, being a 1,200 metre race in, in top company, and then he went into the Orwell which was going to see him much better than the 1,400, and he, he strayed away from that day, one by seven
1: lengths. He had a phenomenal campaign that autumn, didn't he? So he, he wins the Group 1 William Reed, beating military plume over 1,200 metres, and then he heads to to Sandown, and he spread eagles him in that C four. He went on to win the Blamey. The St George, the Futurity, and then unfortunately knocked into a pretty good horse in the Australian Cup that you had some good battles with called uh, Bone Crusher.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, there were at that year, um, Danby Andy, uh, oh, that was in '89, Dan Andy, in the Australia Cup. But um, yeah, no, he uh, he always pleased that foot forward. He loved down. we Well, he loved most of the tracks anyway.
1: What was. What was he like as a horse?
0: He was a little bit different to your, to your regular horse. He was, he was a scrawny sort of a little bloke as a, as a three-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old. But he just kept on maturing and maturing. I went and saw him one time at the Spelling Paddock and I didn't even recognise him. He'd uh, matured that enough, much and filled out and just got stronger and stronger as he got older.
1: The next year he comes back, he runs second in the William Ray to Zeditive, who was a superstar spreader. And yeah, then just he' caught, just caught him on the line. Yeah. Okay, and then and then he goes to Sandown again, and and you beat Super in the CF4. I think that was the day he was uh, he was fours on. Is it hard to to work out in your mind which was his best campaign? Was the the, the year of eighty nine one of his best? Yes, it was probably uh,
0: yeah. I'd say so. Um, yeah, yeah, eighty nine won the Australia Cup again, and. Uh, yeah, that was probably his best best season.
1: And when you're taking on the likes of um, Superimpose and and other superstars with Vic Rail, who was such a character, what what was it like the two Queenslanders coming down here and Vic's unusual training methods? Can you tell us some of his quirky nature?
0: Oh, uh, he used to when he was up here uh, working in a and He used to canter him around the. Little bullring there at about 32 to the furlong. Very, very slow. He didn't really walking, walk as fast as he was cantering. But then he, when he worked him along, um, he mostly rode him his, most of his work. Debbie rode him a, f-, a fair bit, but um, mostly Vic. I think I rode him three or four times in his whole career track work.
1: How did the first yeah. ride uh, come about and your partnership? Pardon? How did your first ride in the partnership come about?
0: Yeah, well, I I used to ride his um, half-brother, Rady Rouge, and um, when they bought Vaux, it was only a weanling, and they they were nearly going to send him back because he was under...
1: You might have lost him. He might have dropped out. We'll try and get Cyril back again. So they were the first two Cox Plate 88-89, and then he heads back to Sandown in 1990, and he meets up with his old foe, Superimpose. And Superimpose is down the outsider. Bo Rogue is the leader, Superimpose is telling to fly home. But Bo Rogue is in front, and he's got it one. It's three C four stakes in a row for Bo Rogus. He won by a length, to Superimpose. Two lengths away, third Kings High. So... He beats superimposed the star Kings High, who was the Derby winner there, to win his third CF4 Stakes in nineteen ninety. Uh, Cyril, of his three CF4 Stakes wins, which do you think was his best?
0: Well, he, the one he won by the furthest was his yeah. first one, but um, yeah, very hard to say. I think, uh, well, he ran at very similar similar times in, in most of them. Um, actually, he ran one twenty three point three in his last two, so. Um he, he was racing the best horses around at the time and, and still beating them, and it's hard to say. Very hard
1: to say. Was that his gutsy campaign? Because, you know, you said he got beaten by Dandy Andy and Bonecrusher in that first Australian Cup. He wins the Australian Cup, the culmination, the second year. And then that third year, he got beaten more times than he won. He ran fourth in the William Reid. He won the Four. He ran third in the Blamey. He ran second in the St George. And then... He wins the Australian Cup and he was twelve to one that day.
0: Yes, um was very pleased very happy with the price that day. He <laughs> had a couple of goes at him from all reports. But uh, yeah, most people had written him off, but we hadn't. Um, if we'd have thought he wasn't up to it up to it he wouldn't he would have been retired earlier. But uh, we had faith in the horse. Uh, and he show, he showed uh, by um beating him in the Australia
1: Cup. And then it's he came back. He came back a year later in his final Melbourne campaign yep. in the C of Four, and it was a gutsy run when he finished third behind Planet Ruler.
0: Yes, it was, uh, and he went on to, to, to run second in the Australia Cup behind uh, Better Loosen Up, and that was his, that last campaign. And he, he didn't win a race, but he still still performed very well.
1: Well, he was one of the, the, the uh, iron horses of Australian racing. He's a Hall of Famer, and you're one of the iron jockeys of Australian racing because yesterday I rang you up to have a chat about getting you on, and then, uh, you said, oh, I'm just off to the races today. I'm, I'm riding it now, and this is what you produced. Hit the lead, 220 to go from Holroyd, National Interest, and lean in, very green is coming down the centre, Temptress Katie getting up on the rail, National Interest grabbed by Temptress Katie, Cyril drove Temptress Katie to the lead, and Temptress Katie beat National Interest, lean in, Holroyd, Matt... It wasn't there, it was Lismore yesterday, but yes, there yes, you are, yes, is yes. it 63 at the moment? Is that your age? Oh, well, it
0: was my birthday Birthday yesterday. Was it really? Yeah. Oh. So that was a good, good birthday present. Gee,
1: I had no idea, uh, and yeah. it paid about $15, so what a way to bring in your 63rd birthday punching home a winner. 64th,
0: yeah.
1: 64th, oh God, we're getting everything yeah. wrong. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> 64 years of age, how many more years have you got left?
0: Oh, I don't know, at least another at least another 12 months we'll make uh, 50 years actual race riding.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you And think...
0: the field looks very good for the uh, the ore coming up this weekend.
1: If you could ride one, who would you be on?
0: Uh, a couple of times I've been down at Warrnambool. I've ridden work for Lindsay Smith and Tuvalu. Well, you've it's been on Tuvalu, have you? Yes, yeah, so I've ridden him a fair bit of work down there well, when I've been there, you know.
1: He's got a little bit of O-Rogue uh, in him, hasn't
0: he? Oh, uh, yeah, he's, he's a bit special. So um, my best wishes go out to Lindsay and the team and good luck for, him, for Tuvalu.
1: There's no doubt about that. Hey, Cyril, look forward to catching up. Hopefully you'll be down here during the, the carnival at some stage. Uh, congratulations on riding a winner on his 64th birthday yesterday. It's been great to relive some of those wonderful memories of the mighty Vaux Rogue.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. we will be down there again in May.
1: Beautiful. We'll catch up at the carnival. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Cyril Small.